The Brandon Tatum Show is on KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Welcome back to The Brandon Tatum Show every Saturday at 6 p.m. If you're not following me on social media, follow me at The Officer Tatum, The Officer Tatum, where you get all the real facts, truth from the horse's mouth. Now, let's get into COVID-19. At the beginning of the show, I normally talk about COVID, COVID, COVID. So on, as of Thursday, or this last past Thursday, uh, we have 63,000 cases of COVID-19 in the state of Arizona, 1,400 or so people have died from COVID-19. And um, we have about 37 active ca- 37,000 active cases. So let, let, let's, let's continue to talk about this. And I'll say this, every time I get on here, we have 1,400 people who've lost their life from COVID-19 in the state of Arizona. There are 7 million people who live here. I, I will continue to say that because I want people to understand that it is a high likelihood that if you even contract COVID-19, that you're not going to die unless you fall in the category of somebody with uh, extreme health risks, in which case you are susceptible to die from all kinds of other um, ailments like pneumonia, like the flu, and many other things that you can catch with a compromised immune system. There's 37,000 cases in Maricopa County. I believe it's Maricopa County. There are 4 million people that live in Maricopa County. So just keep that in mind and we'll continue. At a press conference, Doug Ducey, um, he was pleading with Americans, or at least Arizonans, to stay at home amidst the rise of the cases in, in the state of Arizona. I don't understand why people are shocked that there's cases that have risen in the state of Arizona. Here are two facts that you need to understand. First and foremost, when you open up a state that was previously closed, that has 7 million people in it, you are going to get new cases. Now, if we were in the, in the, in the hundreds of thousands of new cases, then yeah, I'll be, I'll be concerned. But we don't have that many cases based on how many more interactions. And one of the reasons why Arizona, amongst some other big states like California, Texas, and Florida, are seeing high numbers is because do you remember during Memorial Day weekend when the rest of the country was shut down and California was shut down like a ghost town and all of those people came to the to the state of Arizona? Do you remember that? They came right here to Arizona. They came from Washington. They came from uh, uh, California. They came from Nevada. They came from New Mexico. I mean, you can, you can go down the list. They all came to Arizona. They went to Texas. They went to Florida. They went to places that were open. Oh, but here's another thing. I wonder why, and this is the question I want everybody to ask themselves as they're listening to me right now. Why was Doug Ducey, and I saw Doug Ducey at the Trump rally uh, not too long ago, sat right behind him. Why? wasn't Doug Ducey or anybody else that's crying in your ear about COVID-19. Why weren't they saying anything for the several weeks that people were out protesting, not practicing social distancing and all of the above? Where were they at? Where was these press conferences? Now, I know Doug Ducey is not as bad as some of the other governors who represent these other states because he's at least taking responsibility and saying, hey, we're not going to shut down the state again, but we want to encourage people to manage this properly so that you can protect other individuals. I like that from Doug Ducey. But for, for other people who are criticizing Doug Ducey, want him to resign, you, you, you must be foolish to think those things. And uh, 
Ducey, I saw Ducey at the Trump rally. Um, he was there. He had a mask on, obviously for show. Him and, and Martha McSally and some of the other politicians, just to show the cameras that they weren't a mask. They weren't social distancing, were they? No, they weren't. So you can you can see the hypocrisy going on in my personal opinion. But I was at the Trump rally. There was thousands of people there. Most people weren't wearing masks. Some people were. Now think about these numbers for a minute. According to the CDC and other health professionals, you don't get exposed to COVID-19 and then two hours later you die from it or you get symptoms. It can be from five to 14 days that you will see symptoms. Obviously, most people are not having major symptoms or major fallout from COVID-19. So in order to get somebody who has COVID-19, decides to go get tested or end up in the hospital, that has to be the extreme case of COVID-19, which you will see the fallout of several days after you've contracted it. So if the Trump rally was a problem, if the Scottsdale protest was a problem, you're not going to see those numbers until maybe a week from now. But they're not telling you that. If we're seeing an increase in numbers, they're directly correlated with people coming in from other states from uh, Memorial Day weekend. And then all of these protesters who have been protesting every day in every almost every city in the state of Arizona for eight, nine, ten days in a row. So I want to hear Doug Ducey call out those individuals. I want to hear the activists call out those individuals for their lack of um, leadership their lack of understanding of how the COVID moves, or either they're just lying altogether. One or two things are happening. Either they just quit being concerned when people protest about it or protest um, for George Floyd, or this is not a big deal and they lie to us and they just want you to wear a mask so you can sound like you're doing something. Masks are not going to protect you from COVID-19. It's not going to protect you from COVID-19. It may mitigate the spread. I don't know. I don't even, nobody knows. How much does it actually mitigate the spread? Think, riddle me this, and I got about a minute left. Riddle me this. If people have been social distancing in the state of Arizona, right, they've been wearing masks in the state of Arizona because most restaurants and other places require at least their staff to wear a mask, then how in the world do we have these cases that we see? It's because these masks don't work. You can wear it all you want. You, you can still get sick. You got to take the mask off to drink water. You got to take it off to eat. You know what I'm saying? If you wear the thing long enough and it's not breathable, you're going to you're gonna suffer from a lack of oxygen to your brain. You're going to get headaches. You're going to have other ailments. And just imagine this. Just think about this. What if you had COVID-19 and you are breathing out and breathing in that same toxic oxygen, which you probably need to breathe and filter in new fresh air so that you can filter that stuff out of your system, but you can't if you got a mask smothered to your face every day. So I want people to just realize that I'm probably the only person that's gonna criticize COVID-19 the way I am, but it's necessary because we are, have been lied to a lot and I said it on some other shows, but this time in particular, I think that we need to realize 7 million people live in the state of Arizona, 37,000 cases. Come on, you do the math. You're listening to the Brandon Tatum Show. I'll be back after the break. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Welcome back to the Brandon Tatum Show. Every Saturday at 6 p.m., make sure you follow me on my social media platforms at The Officer Tatum, The Officer Tatum. I want, I have been waiting all week, ladies and gentlemen, to talk about Chief Chris 
Magnus from the Tucson Police Department. I worked for him and I have zero respect for him. The only other chief that I have managed to have zero respect for, and I may have 2% of respect for this chief, but at least for Chris Magnus, I have zero respect. I have 2% respect for Jerry Williams because I like the way they handled the Trump protesters and I like the way they use force against uh, protesters when necessary. So I give her 2% respect. But other than that, Jerry Williams of Phoenix PD, I have minimal respect for and Chris Magnus from the Tucson Police Department, I have no respect for. I worked for him. He is a terrible leader. He should be ashamed of himself. His only goal, his only mission on the Tucson Police Department was to be an activist. He said it on record. I got the video recording. He said, I'm more of an activist than a police chief and the, my squad don't like it. Some people on the police department don't like it and I don't care. This is what he said to the men and women who serve and protect under his quote unquote leadership. Now, Chief Magnus had a, 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 a challenge to face and this is what separates men from softies. This is what separate leaders from people who are not leaders. There are two officers that were responsible or involved in an in-custody death. And the little birdies out there told me about this a month ago. And they told me that they were going to have these officers resign. They're going to have them resign so that they didn't get fired and lose their pension and lose their job because of political correctness. This incident with the Hispanic guy that died in custody happened over a year ago over a year ago why are they bringing it up in 2020 why are they talking about it now the police chief knew about it the command staff knew about it at the police department i guarantee you the city manager knew about it, even though she said oh i was just made aware of the video everybody knew about it i'm sure his family knew that's how he died body worn camera is has been accessible to the public so how how is it all of a sudden there is now punishment for these two officers that were involved in this and they weren't going to do nothing until it became politically expedient for them to say something they warned these officers these officers had the ability to quit so they didn't get fired and then chief magnus did one of the most cowardice things i've ever heard of in my life he decided that he was going to hold a press conference and do a fake resignation fake resignation he said i resign and the city council said they didn't know he was going to resign and they rejected his resignation. Now you tell me, you tell me, I've never in my life heard of that. I've never in my life heard a chief say he's going to resign. The city council say they reject his resignation. And what does he do? He accepts their rejection. If you really want to resign, they can't stop you from resigning. You can quit. You can retire. Chief Magnus has enough time on the department to retire. Is he going to retire, ladies and gentlemen? He's probably not because it was all for show. It was all for show. Now, if he resigned, I will come on here and I will apologize to him and I will give him two percentage points of respect. But he ain't going to do that. And Mayor Romero, the Tucson City Mayor, is also a coward. And I'm going to call these people out because I worked for them and they don't care about the police department. These people are anti-police. They hire Chief Magnus. I'm going to walk you guys through it because I got the T. I got the dirt on the Tucson Police Department because I worked there. I remember when Chief Magnus was hired back in, I don't know if it was 2016 or 17, right around the time I left. Um, and I worked for him for, for a good amount of time and I hated every minute of it. And I remember seeing him 
and I never spoke to him and I never shook his hand. But anyway, let's get in. Let's get back to the, the subject at hand. So we had tr a tremendous pool of talented police chiefs that already worked for the Tucson Police Department. They were all they have all served the Tucson community for decades. One of them became the chief of Mesa and there was others there that were qualified and everybody wanted them. Every police officer wanted them. the police union represented them. And what did the Tucson City Council, what did the mayor and the city manager do? They threw them out of the pool of candidates and they went across the country to find an out-of-state police chief. You know why? It's because they wanted to screw over the police department. They wanted to fire a bunch of people. They wanted to cut spending. And they know that the people that work for the Tucson Police Department will recognize that and would not accept it. So what do they do? They go out. They had a choice of two men. It was a third guy, but he wasn't really competitive. Two men. They had failed chief Chris Magnus, who worked on a police department that was smaller than one of our divisions. Richmond Police Department is smaller than one of our divisions. He had less responsibility than a Tucson police captain. Now, if you know anything about police chain of command, there's the captain that runs the division. And then you have the assistant chiefs and the chief. So one of our captains had more responsibility than Chief Madness as a chief in Richmond, California. Then they had another candidate, a black police chief named Malik Aziz. I knew Malik personally. Um, I, I went, he was the chair of the National Black Police Association. Everybody loved Malik. Malik was an assistant chief for the Dallas police. I think he was a deputy chief for the Dallas Police Department, which his responsibility was three times that of Chief Magnus. His management of funds, management of police officers, his leadership was leaps and bounds above Chief Magnus. What do they do? I, 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 we should make a fuss about this since they want to be all hyper-racial. Why did they get rid of the black man who was way more qualified than Chief Magnus and they put Chief Magnus in? And because Chief Magnus is gay and he has a husband, that's one of the reasons why they did this. They wanted to push the LGBTQ community and they wanted to do that social justice move over having a black man. That's exactly what they did. And they got him in there and now he on TV lying and, and perpetrating falsehoods. I mean, it bothers me so much that police chiefs around the country have literally cowered in a corner. And Chief Magnus knows that those officers were had a heads up, they resigned, then he gets on and, and quotes, they committed multiple policy violations and failed to handle the incident um, consistent with their training. Of course, it's easy to say that when you done rigged the whole scenario. You know, if they really messed up, you should have fired them a long time ago. But since you didn't, you shouldn't have to resign. They should fire you. They should fire you. Why haven't they fired Chief Magnus? He knew that these officers had did this a very long time ago. He never did anything. They won't fire him. It's all, it's all a scam and a plan. I really hope to God that one day this stuff turns around. I really hope that police chiefs around the country will get some courage, stop bowing to the mob, I mean, we, we've seen maybe a decent example in uh, Elijah McClain's situation where they are now talking about, and if you don't know Elijah McClain, um, he was out in Aurora, Colorado. Um, he was in custody death, technically in custody, even though the police officers had nothing to do with his death. He was considered an in-custody death after police 
had detained him. He resisted. He made the statement, I can't breathe, um, at which point he passes out because of a chokehold. And they gave him ketamine. The EMT gave him ketamine, which is a sedative drug. Uh, it sedates people who are amped up and crazy and dangerous to themselves. They give them a low dose of ketamine, which will never kill you. It's not enough to kill you. Um, unfortunately, after the ketamine and all of the actions that happened, he had a heart attack. Now, the coroner says that it is no way of determining that it had anything to do with the police department, let alone the ketamine, which was, was which, which didn't have enough in the system to be fatal. It could have been some pre-existing conditions that he had. He was resisting arrest so hard that he ended up blowing up his heart and he ended up dying six days later. But at least the people in power and now it may change, but at least uh, the prosecutor said that they're not bringing charges against those officers. But you know what the public is doing? Oh, the officers are bad. Officers are bad. People don't even know that the EMT gave them ketamine. They have no idea that that happened. They want to blame the police department. Some people still think they shot the kid. I saw somebody write that they shot him. You know, it, it's this anti-police rhetoric has to come to an end. I'm sick of it. I know everybody listening is sick of it. If you have any sense, you should be sick of it. If you have any family members that are on the police department or anybody you care about, any officer has done you something positive, you should be sick of it too. Why in the world can we not be fair? Why can we not criticize police and criminals at the same time? You should not be resisting arrest and you should not use excessive force. Why can't we have that conversation? Anyway, I'm out of time. You listen to the Brandon Tatum Show. Catch me in the next segment. Hold the phone. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. is the Brandon Tatum Show. The Brandon Tatum Show on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Welcome back to the Brandon Tatum Show every Saturday at 6 p.m. Make sure you follow me on my social media platforms at the Officer Tatum. Let's jump into uh, some Ahmaud Arbery updates and talk about some policing, uh, some some concerns about police brutality, all of the above. I'm going to get into that. But let's talk about Ahmaud Arbery's case real quick. Obviously, a grand jury, if, you, if you've been paying attention, a grand, a grand jury has decided to further indict the three men associated. You have the McMichael, George McMichael, uh, I mean, Gregory McMichael, Travis McMichael, and William Roddy Bryant, who's the one that was videotaping the incident. Now, they've all been indicted. Um, some of the, the accusation that came out in the court uh, seems to be compelling enough to indict. Now, here's the problem. You can indict somebody that don't mean that they're going to get charged. And in my personal professional opinion, it is going to be a uphill battle to convict Travis. Let's just say Gregory McMichael and William Roddy Bryan, the one who was videotaping. Now, Travis McMichael, I don't think they're going to be able to convict him either. But at minimum, the dad who was sitting in the back of the truck that didn't shoot anybody and didn't hurt anybody to convict him of murder. And being an accessory to it's actually they're convicting him of being accessory to aggravated assault, which led to a murder. So he's not being convicted of murder, just an accessory to aggravated assault, which at some point they're claiming that Travis McMichael pointed the gun at the Mount Arbery. And then also the gentleman, uh, William Roddy Bryant, who was videotaping. And he 
according to some of the court documents, he attempted to block in Ahmaud Arbery, which I'm telling you guys, none of that is against Georgia law. Conducting a citizen's arrest is appropriate in Georgia law. Now, they may want to change the law, but according to the law, if you believe a person is committing a felony crime, you have reasonable or reasonable suspicion, reasonable or probable suspicion that a crime was committed. You don't even have to see the crime. You just have to have firsthand knowledge of the crime. And that's exactly what they had. And so they're going to have a very hard time. And Amar Arbery, believe it or not, he wasn't just jogging through the community like a good old kid. He was in there in somebody's house he had no business being in on multiple occasions. He finally got caught. He takes off running from the house. And then he runs down the street and attacks Travis McMichael, who had a gun in his hand. At the end of the day, I think that this situation was very unfortunate. Um, I think that if if I were to give a Monday morning quarterback uh, analysis of this, I would say, why would you even conduct a citizen's arrest? Why? It's not even your property. And you know what's going to happen? Once they threaten Larry English, who's the property owner of the house that was in question, after they threaten Larry English, he get on TV and lie. They, they got him on a 911 recording saying that things, items were taken from his boat and items, a toolbox was taken from his house. But he gets on national TV after black folks threaten him and the attorneys threaten him and the, and the world want to kill him. And he get up there and say that, oh, nothing was ever taken. I never pressed charges. Although he has been in constant communication with Officer Rush. There's an officer. There's text messages. There's evidence. He's been contacting Officer Rush. But he lies on television. Now he didn't got y'all didn't try to save his property, try to detain a criminal who's been habitually violating the law in his property. And what he do? He turned. So my Monday morning quarterback or armchair quarterback, whatever you want to call it, um, would be that. Why would you ever do a citizen's arrest unless it's your property? Because people get flaky, they get cowardice and they turn on you. And now you didn't kill the black man. See, if, if Travis McMichael and all these was black guys. Nobody would hear about this case. I, I will put my life on it. Nobody will hear about this case if Travis, if Travis or Gregory or William Bryant were, were, were black people. If they were black, even if they were black and this guy was white, you wouldn't hear about it. Now, I'm going to give you an example why I say that. There was an incident that happened at Macy's. And you guys look at my YouTube channel. I'm going to make a video about it. There was an incident that happened at Macy's where you had a black man walk up to a white worker and just start beating him down, punching him, punching him, beating him, stomping him. I mean, I don't think he stomped him, but he punched him in the face while he was on the ground. The suspect's brother is video, retake, video recording the entire thing. How, now, now, explain to me this. How was he videotaping this? How did he know his brother is going to just start beating somebody up in Macy's? The dude walked around Macy's, walked right up to him, and started pummeling him. And his brother's videotaping the whole thing, not rendering aid, not doing anything, just letting letting the employee get beat down. Now, this is a black man and a white employee. Now, you tell me why a black man is just walking through mazes and attack a white man. And if, the, if that was a white man attacking a black man, CNN will have it on. We'll be, we'll be, KTR have, have people on talking about how racist it is. And people will be saying it all over, the, all over the network, all over the world. But because this man is white, and I'm not saying that Gators and Chad aren't talking about this because they probably are. But not saying that this man, you know, that this is not a racist thing, you know what I'm saying? But they should have 
at least gave it the same love, courage, or love and dedication to truth as they would if the, if the races were reversed. It is shameful that they didn't even charge the brother who, was, who could be easily argued as an accomplice. They didn't charge him. They didn't charge him with a hate crime. And they just charged him with aggravated assault. I, I just, I don't get it, man. The hypocrisy in the racial court system is beyond me. It's beyond me. I remember not too long ago, there were six black kids beating up an autistic white kid. They, they, they kidnapped him. They put his head in the toilet and they live streamed it. They had his head in the toilet, man, drowning the kid in the toilet. He ended up living, I believe, live streamed it and everything. No hate crime. Nobody's even talking about that right now. But they're talking about Richard Brooks, who's an absolute criminal, beat up police officers, stole their taser, and got shot while pointing and shooting a taser at police. And everybody wants to talk about Ahmaud Arbery, Ahmaud Arbery. Same people that want to defund the police. Oh, so you want to defund the police and you want citizen police, right? Oh, okay. You want untrained individuals doing what uh, Travis McMichael them did. Okay, that's what I thought. You don't want that. But yet, you're trying to defund the police. Same thing the city council was trying to do in, the, in Tucson, Arizona. Trying to defund the police. It's, it, our country has gone to an all-time low. This is, this is the lowest I've ever seen in our country. We are even worse race relations than we were in the 60s. It's worse race relations because at least in the 60s, you had segregation. And in segregation, if you are black, you mind your business on your side. You white, you mind your business on your side. And they were able to build. They didn't have much conflict because they didn't interact with each other. Now, you, are, you have been uh, living through intraracial interactions. And now they want to go back to segregation, right? They want to change the rules of the game. That means if you're black, you can do whatever you want to do without any punitive measures. And now if you're white, you are the scum of the earth if you have an opinion about anything, anything. You criticize Black Lives Matter, you will lose your job. I will guarantee you, anybody watching this, you, you let a person get on the radio and say Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization and they white, they gone. They gone. Any radio station around the country, uh, any TV station around the country, they are gone. And they're getting threatened by their life. People out front of their house protesting. Police ain't doing nothing. All you got to do is just do that. Let a white man say something about the flag. Let a white man say, my father supported the American flag. I will never kneel for the American flag. Oh, they's a racist? They fired the guy from the uh, radio broadcasting because he said all lives matter. It, it is reverse. I say reverse racism. Some people say racism is racism, but I want to put it in context that it's reverse racism nowadays. Look at what's happened to all these white people and look at how black people are treated. The NASCAR driver had a fake noose in his, th in his, in his locker. I mean, in his, his bay, he crying on TV. They doing all this stuff for him and it wasn't even true. He never even saw the thing. FBI investigation determined that it wasn't a noose and that the rope that was tied that could be presented like has been there for over a year now and had no association with uh, Bubba Wallace when they put him in, the, in a particular stall and they see those ropes in every stall but yet Mr. Poor Black Man want to cry his eyes out and act like a victim over a rope.
I mean, black people can do whatever they want. You can protest, you can loot, you can burn buildings down. You can do all of that, ladies and gentlemen. You're never, get, you're not gonna get in trouble for it and people are gonna pat you on the back and say, oh, poor black man. You're, 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 you're dealing with so much oppression in America. Oh, poor pet black man, let me give you a treat and pat you on the back of your head while you burn your own city down and nobody talk about social distancing and COVID-19 because you're black and so you could be able to do whatever you wanna do. And we, I'm, I'm out of time. You're listening to the Brandon Tatum Show. I'll be back after the break. Hold the phone. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Welcome back to the Brandon Tatum Show every Saturday at 6 p.m. If you don't follow me on my social media platform, you make it a huge mistake. The Officer Tatum, the Officer Tatum. Let's talk about legislation being passed by these phony politicians. I'm, I'm, I'm criticizing both sides, Democrat and Republican. These politicians have no spinal cord. And let me tell you why I say that. Do you realize that people have been nagging and complaining about police reform for I don't know how long? Since 2015, Democrats have done nothing. They had the presidency, they had the House, they've had the Senate at some point, and they've done, they've done no legit prison reform. Name me a Democrat on the state level that has done anything about chokeholds around the entire country. Name me one. Minneapolis? Nobody. Where do you want to go? Baltimore? Where, where do you want to go? Chicago? Where do you want to go? They haven't passed any significant legislation related to chokeholds or no-knock warrants. Oh, but now, oh, now they want to be virtuous. Now the Democrats want to say they care about you. Oh, yeah, no, we're, we're leaders in police reform. No, they want to be extremists in police reform. And, the, and the, the Senate had what I thought was a fair bill. I don't agree with everything in the bill. I know that they tried to give a hand to some Democrats in the Senate. I thought it was fairer and more reasonable as a former police officer. When you're saying you're not going to ban chokeholds completely, you will ban chokeholds unless life and death situation is permitted. Or that you're not going to ban no-knock warrants. You are, you are, I'm going to tell you right now. If you think that no-knock warrants are problematic, you know nothing about no-knock warrants. Just chalk it up as I don't know nothing about no-knock warrants, and I need to go to a police department right now, and I need to get on a ride along, and I need to watch them con conduct a no-knock warrant. So if you have never been a police officer, you've never conducted a no-knock warrant, don't speak on no-knock warrants. And these politicians should be held to that same standard. They shouldn't even speak on no-knock warrants because the Republicans, at least in the Senate, with supposedly bipartisan uh, and a bipartisan approach said that we're, we're just going to monitor no knock warrants. We're going to make sure that they held to the high standard and we're going to start tracking no knock warrants and the, and the residual effect from them. That's the way you're supposed to do legislation as it relates to policing. You don't just say, oh, because of Breonna Taylor and the image of Breonna Taylor's case, we're just going to stop no knock warrants. They never no knocked on Breonna Taylor's house. They actually knocked on the door, which, which is probably what got a shot. Because they knocked on the door, her boyfriend gets up and shoots at the police and they shoot him back. And she happened to be in the middle of that. Now, if they did a no-knock warrant, they would have still been in the bed asleep. Nobody would have been able to get a gun and they would have been able to detain people in a methodical manner. I've done a tremendous amount of no-knock warrants and they have been completely successful. Mind you, the Kentucky Police Department, uh, I don't know the Kentucky Police Department, but the police department in Kentucky, um, they actually did a no-knock warrant on Jamarcus Glover's house, which was associated to Breonna Taylor's case. And they did a no-knock warning. Nobody got hurt. So the Democrats are dumb enough 
to try to pass this by our eyes and say, let's do a Brianna law. And that's the Democrats in Kentucky. Um, but they don't pass any police reform in the Senate. They shot down the Republicans uh, Senate bill. But then they go off in the House of Representatives and pass their own. Now, let me read you a couple things that they they have designated. They call it the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Now, why would you call it George Floyd Justice and Policing? Can you explain to me how a man who had been to prison nine times or jail nine times, been locked up nine times, who did a home invasion where he went to prison for because he pulled a gun on a pregnant woman and pistol whipped her with it, and then he gets out, he's trying to buy stuff with fake money, he's high on methamphetamine and fentanyl, and he resists arrest, but you're going to name a criminal bill after a criminal. I, I, I don't get it. George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. It, and and it, it would aim to hold police officers personally liable for damages, revise the federal statute for police misconduct, and halt sending military equipment to local law enforcement agencies. Do you know how stupid that is? Do you guys know how stupid that is? I don't know if you know. What does it mean to stop sending military-grade equipment to police? Do you not want them to have AR-15s? Do you not want them to have the amount, the enough, enough ammo? Let me tell you how stupid these people are. We have a thing in Tucson called IFACs, Individual First Aid Kits. These are all overflow materials from the military. Quick clot, um, you got uh, Israeli uh, halo chest, not halo chest, but Israeli wrap. I don't know if that's the appropriate term to use, but it's, a, it's pretty much an eye wrap. You wrap it around the head or you wrap it around a wounded area. You got chest seals. You got quick clot. Um, we have scissors. We have gauze. We have uh, tourniquets. We have all of these things that are overflow from the military that we do not have to pay money for that's gifted to the police department so we can save people in case they get shot in the middle of the street or we can save officers when they get shot. We have also bags and other things that they give us from the military that the taxpayer do not have to pay for twice. But your stupid politicians are on here trying to convince people that it's wrong to have military surplus equipment. When there are riots, protests, and terrorist activity, we do need armored vehicles. What do you think, what do you think we're doing? What do you think police behavior is supposed to do? When Gabby Giffords got shot in the head, what do you think they're going to use to detain a, a brazen criminal? They need armored vehicles. They need AR-15s. They give us body armor and stuff that's that's left over and some, some shields and stuff that are left over from the military, military surplus. But, they, but they've done a lot of you, and they want your tax money to repurchase that stuff in the military and in the police. They're just talking. They have no, they have no real uh, thought process. They want to hold police officers personally liable. Now, if you do something that's criminal, police officers already can be sued. You can sue a police officer personally. You can. It's already on the books. But what they want you to do is that if you do something on duty while acting in the color of the law, that they want you to be held liable for acting on behalf of your state, acting on behalf of the city. And so that means that if you, if the, if the, if the police department allows you to do a chokehold and you choke somebody and they die, that you are acting on behalf of the state. They want you to be held liable for laws that the state put into place. For instance, I'll give you another one. If marijuana is illegal in this state, legal in another state, Somebody drives over into Arizona with illegal marijuana and you arrest that person. 
And then they later on throw the case out in court. They want a police officer to be held liable for a law that's on the books that they enacted based on both. And they want to throw you under the bus and have you in prison for the rest of your life. I mean, we can we can go on and on and on. These individuals who are in positions of power, they have no idea what's going on in policing. They have no idea. They allow activists to write their legislation. The Democrats do in the House. They allow activists to write their legislation and they try to get it pushed through. Democrats hate America. They hate this country. They hate police officers. That's why they're saying defund the police, abolish the police all over the country. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget what they said. It sounds so stupid they want to retract it now, but that's what they said. Anyway, I've run out of time. I'll catch you guys next week. You listen to the Brandon Tatum Show on KTAR. Hold the phone. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM.